Hi, and welcome to the Oyster Stew Podcast. For the next two podcasts, we'll be revisiting our popular series, CCO Behind the Scenes. Take advantage of the experiences shared by Jeffrey Hiller, a former CCO for global investment firms and also an SEC regulator. As Jeffrey says, some things you just can't learn from a book. I'm Jeffrey Hiller, Managing Director at Oyster Consulting, former senior counsel for the SEC's Division Enforcement, and I've also served as CCO at many well-known global investment firms. I've seen both sides. I've been on both sides. And I literally helped write the textbook for U.S. modern regulatory compliance. Being CCO is more than just checking boxes. There are office politics to navigate, nuances to deal with regulators and board members, and of course, ethical issues. Join me as I share my real experiences and lessons learned from my decades in the industry. Some things you just won't get from a textbook. And the first I thought I'd talk about is one that uh, has always sort of puzzled me from the beginning of my career. I've probably been or managed 25 to 30 SEC exams over my uh my career. And one of the questions or first questions that regular regulators always ask is, what is the tone at the top? And I always find that a, a an interesting question because how do you measure that? And what does it mean and what do you do about it? So after a few times, I've come up with a system where the first thing I do is at the initial meeting, uh, I always have the CEO to at least stop in and say hello and and greet the regulators and know that they're available. But more importantly, I develop a plan over the course of years so that I can answer this with substance. And what I do and how I measure it is I ensure that the CEO, when he has town halls or she has town halls, that they raise questions uh, and, and raise the importance of compliance for the firm. And that along with business and other things, that that's really critical. The other thing, which I think is most persuasive to regulators, is that I ensure that my CEO rewards good compliance and sanctions bad compliance. And we build a track record of that. And so when we're asked, how do we prove tone at the top and that it's positive, I point to the specific actions that we take. And I've been told many times by regulators that that's a unique but very effective way to do it. That sort of falls into a second item I talk about, which is before the SEC ever comes in, they send you a document production list. And you're usually given two to three weeks to produce all these documents. And my experience has been throughout my career that in the course of producing these documents, we also find exceptions that we weren't aware of. And there's no reason to panic. There's no reason to be concerned because you can use these exceptions to your advantage. And the course of document production, if you find exceptions or compliance violations, fix them and make a list of them. And when the SEC comes in in your first meeting, you should say during the course of document production, here are items that we found that not major, but they're out of compliance. And as is our practice, we complete them and fix them immediately. And here they are. We have nothing to hide. We want you to know how the company operates. 
And that's another instance where the SEC really appreciates the candor and the openness of what we're doing and shows the firm's commitment to doing the right thing. Another item I thought I'd uh, address is working with boards. If you're a CCO of an investment company, then by statute, you have to meet with the board on a routine basis in private meetings and share with them what you've learned and if there are any problems that they need to know about. And that's pretty straightforward. You've got to be open and honest with the board. And this applies whether it's an investment company, an asset manager, a broker dealer. You should be presenting not a worst case scenario, but the findings you have. And again, what you're doing to recon reconcile them. Again, if you find a problem, always look for more than one solution. Often the other thing I've done as a practice uh, and again, suggested by a uh, former colleague who was uh, head of the Division of Investment Management at the SEC, was to always look the evening before a board meeting, check the SEC website, see if there's anything new that the CEO could be asked the next morning at the board meeting. And these boards fly in from all around. And in fact, one time, I can't recall exactly what it was, but the night before a board meeting, uh, the SEC came out with something uh, that could impact everybody. And so I left the one sort of paragraph bullet point with the, uh, with the CEO. And sure enough, he got it in the morning, went to the board meeting at eight. And one of the board members said, did you happen to see this in the news? And my CEO was able to say, yes, I have a little write-up here and I can discuss it with you. Well, that engendered so much sort of gratitude from him. And he got a sense of, I'm looking out for him. I'm looking out for our firm. I'm looking to see that if there is a change in the SEC's policies or procedures or suggestions, that we jump on them immediately. And I can guarantee you, if you do that for the next 30 days, you're going to find something that the SEC is pronouncing that you can use. When you review past issues, you've got to identify whether you have any repeat violations. If you were sort of given a deficiency letter or notified something about the SEC a year or two years ago, you should put that in your uh, annual compliance report. And you should routinely, maybe once or twice a year, make a list of all prior violations to make sure they're still fixed. It wouldn't be unusual with people going on vacations, with personnel training, that they can get lost. And it's not for a bad purpose, but just in the normal course, you do so much that sometimes you lose sight of those things. And so I make a routine list of all past violations, and then I review them at least once a year. And I also report to the board or my bosses or whatever that these were prior violations, that that's probably the most serious kind of sanction you can have with the SEC, and then we're on top of it. That engenders both trust from your bosses, and when the SEC comes in, they see that we are routinely 
incorporating what they've said over the last three, four, five years, or however long since the last exam or during the course of exams. And that, again, gives you a, a lot of credibility. So that is one tip that I would encourage everyone to do. Another topic I'd like to briefly discuss is escalation. And when you escalate an, an issue to your boss or to the board or to others, many times I've had a staff member come to me with a panic. We have an awful trade error and we need to notify everyone immediately. It is uh, critical and we could lose a lot of money. And one time I brought such an issue and escalated it quickly, and it turned out that it wasn't such a serious issue and that my employee was right in flagging it to me, but I was probably wrong in escalating it until I understood all the facts. And so I dig into those facts. I look at what we have. I vet it. And of course, you want to escalate these things in a timely manner, but you don't want to either over-escalate or under-escalate. So when you bring something to uh, higher superiors or others in the firm, you want to make sure you understand all the facts. And if you have the time, you also want to understand what the solution is. I've always been guided by uh, a boss who told me that uh, I want you to identify problems, but when you bring them to me, I also want you to have some solutions if you can. And so that's been a really important uh, part of how I manage compliance and how I escalate matters. Another important topic that compliance officers have to manage are personal compliance violations. Many people at advisors and broker dealers have procedures that they have to follow to pre-clear securities, to make sure that uh, there's not open orders on the desk. And this is usually oftentimes automated, sometimes not. And it also, in many cases, applies to the portfolio manager, the trader, or whoever involved with. It applies to their family trading. And it wouldn't be unusual for uh, someone to their spouse or one of their children living at home to forget they had to pre-clear and, and then they have a violation. In those cases, I think you just need to realize that, yes, you're going to note the violation. You're going to encourage the uh, you're going to sit down and talk with the employee. Uh, you're going to talk with their supervisor and get them to understand how the process works. And most importantly, people have to understand that compliance should never, ever sanction or discipline an employee. The compliance officer or whoever is managing managing this should share the information with the supervisor, should make suggestions to how the supervisor should handle it, and let the ha supervisor handle the sanction or discipline or talk and notify compliance that they've done it. Because if you start sanctioning someone as a compliance officer, you become a policeman. You also become their supervisor. And that's not what you're looking for. You're looking to embed a firm with a culture of doing the right thing and that supervisors are responsible for that. As an example, one time I had a sales guy who I got a note. He was a CPA and I got a note and he taught at the uh, CPA American Institute. 
And I got a note from the institute saying that my employee had fraudulently submitted expenses, that he said that he took a plane, but he flew his own plane, said he had meals, but he didn't. And so the AICPA sanctioned him. And when I got the notification, I conducted a soup to nuts examination of everything that person had done at the firm. Because my theory is that if they're going to cheat in one way, they're going to cheat in another way. And I'm always amazed by people with large incomes who take these little shortcuts that they really don't need to take. But in this case, I presented it to the employee's supervisor. Uh, We happened not to find anything else where he cheated uh, the firm he was with or cheated us, but we also uh, sanctioned him for the violation he occurred outside. We put restraints restraints on uh, his activities, and we entered and provided enhanced supervision of him for two years to make sure that we weren't dealing with someone or caught with surprises. And when the SEC came in and they requested files, they saw that we did this and they thought we were impressed. And so those that's a very important thing to find. Periodically, I would look at the email. Periodically, I would uh, try and do a or have somebody on my staff do a Google search of people. And so if you find a violation, don't assume it's the only violation. It could be. And you could have a happy ending, but you need to do the footwork and show that you've done it. If you haven't written it, it hasn't happened. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you'd like to learn more about our experts or how we can help your firm with compliance support, visit our website at www.oysterllc.com. If you like what you heard today, follow us on whatever platform you listen to and give us a review. Reviews make it easier for people to find us. Have a great day.